Music and fun. Miskin Radio. So Matt Brooks, uh, you began, you, you took an interesting route to comedy. You began in low budget filmmaking, then went into stand up. Uh, well, so basically uh, I wanted to be a filmmaker, uh, still do, and uh, I've always been into comedy. And uh, I got a job sort of paying the bills as part of the camera department in this this job uh, this position called DIT which most people don't know what it is mm. so a lot of people think I'm an editor or a camera technician or cameraman sort of thing and I did I'm just kind of a grey area between the, all of them there's not really a funny way of explaining what it is it would just be boring so I'm not going to go into that but it's a very important job uh, I just look after all the footage you see but it's, it's important it's the same level as like if you met Kate Middleton and you didn't attack her you'd think oh you've been very important you didn't attack uh, a royal member of the royal family you know <laughs> it's like well as long as I just know what I'm doing and don't go crazy it's fine but that um, didn't, didn't really go on to uh, get much creative film work stuff I've done a few short films and um, two music videos and an advert when I was in college in my, my well you've got you've got stuff. an amazing story to tell us later about Lucasfilms which yeah. I, I, I absolutely love um uh, and, and one thing you've also done is, so we had musician uh, Callie, so we've got Fred Clark in, who's going to be performing live tonight. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had musician Callie Malpas um, in, and she was talking about how she busks, and uh, one of the conversations we had was how sort of stand-up must be so difficult to do busking, almost impossible. But I'm really happy because we found a comic that does it, because you did it in Leicester did Square. It, yeah, I did it once, one time. It was actually on my birthday last year. Your birthday? It was a random... Uh, fact. Um, yeah, it was right in Leicester Square, right outside the M&M store. And what I think makes a difference between someone that's a bit mentally ill and a stand-up mm, comedian mm. is the audience. Right. And you don't really get the audience. All the when medication. You're, yeah, when you're... Well, I mean, yeah, we're all medication, I think, if you we're <laughs> truthful enough. But, uh, yeah, the audience don't stay stick around for very long for busking. Mm. And, obviously, you, you know, you're trying to set up a story, some a bit of emotion, a callback or something. People miss the beginning. Were you chasing people? Did you have, I like, a really long of, mic? I ba- no, I just had a little speaker and a microphone <laughs> and... A but couple was, of was friends. It, was, was the mic like a, a, a? Did it have a cable? It like, did have a cable. So you could only I walk a certain amount around of people. Yeah. No, I, I ended up just kind of ranting about the M and M store and that it doesn't really make much sense as a thing because, well, I, I before I went in there, thought that's where you're going to get all the exotic fa- flavors of M and M's, which are, you know, there's loads of different flavors mm. in America. No, you just get different color M and M's there, but mm. they will give you a big basket when you walk through the door. Cause, oh, obviously so essentially, essentially, what you nonsense. did, where you were just ranting about a store yeah, outside, yeah, the store. outside that store, it's, it's pretty libelous, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you put it in the cr- the cloud of stand up, then you can say like it was artistic and it had a meaning. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> the lawyers will. Yeah. Um, and you also uh, you do uh, stuff with a puppet as well, who you have bought. Um, what's your puppet's name? His name's Chappie. Chappie. Uh, we're going to meet Chappie later. Um, yeah. And. <laughs> And um, because I guess because of your sort of background in film, um, and I've seen you do it. We've been on the same lineup um, doing comedy. I've seen you. You get you have a screen behind you like a projector screen, yeah. and you do videos of where you're on. Well, you're talking to yourself, aren't you? You're on the screen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as but, well as on stage. So yeah, it's it's something I just kind of came up with an idea from like heck. If I, I the initial idea was what would happen if I could heckle myself. And then, so I, I set up an idea of a sketch, and then the sketch goes wrong, and then I turn mm. myself on stage and start heckling my early opening material, and then I can argue with myself. And then, it, you know, like self-deprecation, it, I can expand on it from there and go a bit extreme with it. But, um, well, having that amount of moving parts and things and uh, equipment with me, 
often puts off a lot of people who organise the gigs themselves. Like yeah. Turn up for the projector. What about the audience as well? Because like, do they panic because they're suddenly like they've got to be quiet watching like yeah, a video? Yeah, they don't know what's going on a lot of the time. Um, but you know, I, I wanted to strive to be a bit different and to something that's memorable. And a lot of time, like yeah, at least I'm memorable, if not mm. um, not good, but <laughs> but memorable. How were you introduced one time because of that as well? Yeah, some guy once um, said, this is audio-visual comedian Matt Brooks. Now, <laughs> you explain what stand-up isn't audio-visual, unless I was come out, like, draped in Braille or something. I mean, it's all, <laughs> it's always audio-visual. That yeah. is what stand-up is. So, yes, I, I don't have a name for it. I've, I play videos and I interact with them. And I have a puppet sometimes. But I'm not a ventriloquist. It's literally, yes. yeah. yeah. You're not a ventriloquist. No, no. It's it's it's. Mm. Um, if you pardon the part, well, basically, I he comes out. I big him up. Always a little bit cheeky, and then I'll make him say something very offensive, mm. like over the top, and then like, oh no, and I'll throw him away. And that the joke is, you know, well, that was me saying, obviously, but I pretend it wasn't. It's mm. it's a like a level of mental illness. <laughs> with, and with like the um, so you're saying earlier, like how trying to uh, the, the idea of explaining your job isn't isn't funny. Like, can you do material about film? About uh, what you do, because a lot of people go and say, "Oh, like in my, you know, in my call center job, this this happened today, and this is what happened." Can you do that? When I've, you're working I've tried film? several times, and I, I think I've abandoned trying now because I think it's the same thing as you know they're saying nobody wants to know how the sausage was made. People love film, people love the industry, mm. and they just think it's this glamorous, amazing thing. And then like, oh, it's actually not quite like that. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. La 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 la. I get that, and it's a lot of very specific problems which I don't think really uh, apply if you don't know what they are. And also, it is kind of a cushy job. It's um, it's long hours. That's the worst part of it. It's the hours are bad. But it's, it's pretty well paid. And all right. It's, uh, yeah, it's easy. Well, I'm not getting paid today for this, so <laughs> it all levels out, you know? <laughs> I mean, we have to say, I should probably mention as well, that um, you're in an incredibly lovely suit. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here, um, a host of the show, in, the, in my flip-flop shorts and what Jason previous presenter described as uh, what, what, uh, uh, pyjama-esque shorts. Um, and then you're in this wonderful suit. You are making me look incredibly... Well, you say wonderful. This is uh, 20 quid from a charity shop, mate. Really? Seriously, yeah. He's got a good eye. Fred, what about that suit? Uh, yeah, it's a good charity shop. Yeah. 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 Fred's gone with shorts. Got Fred's gone with shorts. Yeah, you know, I like to pretend that it's summer every day. PBJ. Either peanut butter jelly or peanut banana jelly. Producer Ben says it's peanut banana jelly, and I trust him with my life. So I'm going to go with peanut banana jelly. Uh, it's from a band called 1111. They're an urban pop collective uh, from Bromley and London. Um, and we're going to hopefully get them in um, in the summer to do some stuff live. Uh, but tonight we've got a Fred Clark in session and a comedian, um, Matt Brooks. Um, now, Fred, it's your sixth album. You're 25 and you've done six albums, which I think is rather yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a busy guy, busy guy. And the last one was Eternal Sun. Yeah, that's it, Eternal Sun. That's and not, I mean, the, the fact that you've got six albums I think is very impressive, but the fact actually that you record and then produce them yourself. No one else does them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've started doing that. Um, I did my first one in 2009. And I did it, I was 17 and I had just finished my A-levels and I just went up to my music teacher and I said, is anybody using the studio kind of between now and the end of school term? Because you finish your A-levels in like May and then school mm. finishes. And he said, nope, no one else. We haven't got a music tech class below you. So I literally spent two months solid from 8am until the caretaker kicked me out making my first album at school. And then for the next album, I then kind of bought all the equipment that I'd used in school to replicate a studio at home and then when I was at uni I spent all of my maintenance loan 
building a better studio and something that I could just keep making albums from. And so where keep... did you live at university? Though, well, I lived into... at home. I right. lived with mum and dad. Um, <laughs> and I went to, uni- so I live in Maidstone and I went to university in Chatham to the University of Kent and just commuted there every day yeah. and yeah, built my own studio and I love, I love making my own albums. It's Is really it, quite do you fun. find like it's uh, would you be uneasy if on the next seventh album, someone came along to you and said, right, I'm going to produce it. Would you no, find that uneasy? Or would no, you I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to try that. I've been thinking about that more and more. And uh, perhaps it's the kind of step in the right direction to get someone else on board. But I think that um, I've always struggled to find people that kind of match my expectations because my expectations are just so high. Mm. And um, if I got someone that had the same kind of ideas as me and the same drive about my music as I do, then I think I think it'd be well. I think it'd be very easy to go into the studio with someone else. Then, yeah. I mean, Matt, if someone came to you and said, "Like, I'm going to make your videos that you use on stage," would you like that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've um, I've worked with with producers that kind of take control of everything, mm. and that's yeah, that's not what you want. You really want collaboration, don't you? That's mm, what. Yeah. Yeah. you're after so it's it depends on person to person i've done everything on my own and have okay results the best thing i've ever done is one of my best mates uh produced it and um yeah it's you can tell it's it's a lot more professional mm. so it's, it's just about getting the right people um tell us about um the ukulele that you bring uh yeah so i i have this ukulele um i bring it with me to every gig and i never play it at the gigs it literally kind of sits somewhere in my view in the audience's view and it's literally um a reminder to have fun that's that's literally it and it's it's an amazing icebreaker so you know when i go and chat to people after a gig um you know i'm trying to promote myself sell some cds and hand out postcards and stuff and people always make a beeline for the ukulele <laughs> and want to go. And it's so easy to teach them some chords that it's, yeah, it's just a little... Well, we actually, we, I don't know if you know, yeah. we actually released a video of you two earlier in the, on our Instagram page. Yeah, oh, really? YouTube, gave us a lesson, yeah. Our collaboration, our collaboration. So you collaborate, there you go, so like you've come well, together. And like, well, what was that song called? Warm up, warm up, yeah. So yeah, green you want to see that, Search if, the Kieran Paul sessions on a, on Instagram, and you'll be able. That was you'll funny. Able to I have come up with a better title quicker. Never mind. Yeah, warm up. But and and the ukulele's yeah. here, isn't it? The, the, is that the ukulele? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's the ukulele it. there. There you go. Matt, but, do you want to show him the chords? Right, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah go on, Matt. Right, here we go. Okay, this is Matt so, Brooks on ukulele. Uh, the first one was C. Yeah. Yeah. Have I got that right? Yep. Oh. Yeah. That's C. Yeah. Okay, the next one, I cannot remember the name of it. F. F. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, that's hang it. on. Yeah. Like that? Was yeah. that it? Yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah, F. Yeah. That's F. And then the other one? A minor. You know the difference? And that was me performing my debut song, Warm Up. You've <laughs> <laughs> got be on, six albums, he's got a single straight in. Just the one single. So as well as, well as the, the ukulele, tell us about this mantra thing that you do in the subs bench. Yeah, um, <laughs> so um, January last year, uh, so, so the end of 2015, um, I won't lie, I had a bit of a breakdown mm. and I definitely suffered with depression. Mm. And at the beginning of January, I had to hit, click the refresh button and really change the way I kind of went into gigs because uh, I was crippled with anxiety and, and all sorts of stuff. And... So it became really important for me to just remind myself that um, to not to not take what I do 
too seriously and to remind myself that it's an absolute privilege to play music to people to get paid for it and to get the response that I do and so when I write set lists and as I said I started doing this in January last year is I'd write the set and then I'd write a subs bench so I'd write the songs that you know if you kind of I'll read the room and if I think do you know what I need a bit of an impact sub here so I'll bring you know a song off the bench and then below that, I always write three or four lines, just a bit of a mantra for the gig. So I, you know, stuff I want to remind myself. So like, um, I write, have fun, you know, enjoy the moment, you know, sing from the heart, uh, loop, because I use a loop pedal and just to have fun with that. And then I always write, uh, be a warrior, joy, oh joy, which is a quote from a Coco and the Butterfield song, who are my idols. They're fantastic. And Every time I see them, I just think, good grief, they're having so much fun. And so that always reminds me of that. And and it's worked because I feel so much better. I feel in such a good place right now. And summer last year was like when I finally hit my stride. And those things helped. So that's what I do. You know what? I'm actually going to steal that. I'm going to I'm going to start doing that. I think yeah. I think like not just in an artistic sense of like when I do you know a show or stand up. I think if you could do that in work, if you could do that in everything mm. you do, just have the the the, the thought, have fun. So, and some things yeah. it's very difficult to have fun in, but I think yeah. if you if you if you have that approach and that mantra, I think that's I think that's a wonderful yeah. um, thing. Well, um, surely, like open heart surgery, maybe maybe take it seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be that's a good point. There's probably quite a yeah. few that you know. If we thought chill about out, it. chill out, have fun. Yeah, that's maybe it. not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't take it too seriously. Uh, well, it's time for your first live song, Fred. Um, yep. So I'll let, I'll let you introduce it. Uh, so this is a song that is uh, the first single that I released from Eternal Sun. And this song is called Call It Home. We all fall and we all break. The more we give, well, the less we take. We all move. And we all mend With each new step I think of you, my friends And ooh, when the silence drowns it out And I feel no fear I show no doubts When I settle down and find what I seek Call it home Call it home When love comes around And I finally feel complete Call it home Call it home Call it home Home Our search just to find the greater thrill, an everlasting high. And we all stop and we all start. And the growing gap I feel when we're apart, when we're apart. Silence drowns it out And I feel no fear 
pull our show no doubts When I settle down And I find what I seek Call it home Call it home When love comes around And I finally feel complete Call it home Call it home Call it home Well I call it home Well I call it Find what I seek, call it home, call it home. And when love comes around, and I finally feel complete, call it home, call it home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I settle down, and I find what I seek, call it home. And I finally feel complete, I call it home, well, I call it home, yeah, and when love comes around, well, I will finally feel complete, call it home. Call it home, well I call it home. That is Fred Clark in live session. That was stunning. Thank you very much for that. That's uh, Call It Home uh, from his sixth album, Eternal Sun. He's going to do another song in around about sort of seven, eight minutes. Uh, But now it's time for our first world exclusive of uh, the evening. It comes from Tunbridge's Dan Sumner. That is a world exclusive, never been played on the radio on Earth before. Um, It's called Year of the Snake by Dan Sumner. He's a folk artist from Tunbridge. Uh, But now it's time for our second last song from Fred Clark. Um, And if you want to watch it on Facebook, you can. Just go into the Miskin Radio Facebook page and you'll be able to watch it live as he performs. All right, this song's called Feel You Closer. I wrote this one for my mum and uh, it's about my granny. were different and nothing unchanged where would we be right now sailing and journeying a different way turning right back around and I fight the feeling of fear I know I'm awake I see crystal clear and I hope you're free of the pain I know when I dream I'll see you again And I don't know where you are But I feel you closer I miss you now you're gone And I 
feel you closer oh, And I, I feel you closer I can't remember the years that have passed They were the best of times Living a life, giving all that you have You've left a lot behind And I fight the feeling of fear I know I'm awake, I see crystal clear And I hope you're free of the pain I know when I dream I'll see you again And I don't know where you are But I feel you closer I miss you now you're gone And I feel you closer And I feel you closer There's nothing easy about saying goodbye Nothing harder than letting you go I see your face in my own mother's eyes There is a love that I'll always know And I don't know where you are But I feel you closer I miss you now you're gone And I feel you closer oh, oh, I, I feel you closer no. And I feel you closer Wow, uh, anyone's lost uh, someone, that was probably resonates a lot to you. Um, very special there from uh, Fred Clark. Uh, Thank Phil, you. you closer here on Miskin Radio. Worst job, wobby, worst job, wobby, worst, worst, worst. Worst job, worst It's now time. For this bit, worst jobby wobby. So this is the bit where we talk about uh, talk to our guests about the worst, weirdest, strange, magnificent, peculiar jobs they've done. We're going to come to you, comedian Matt Brooks. What is the strangest job you've done? Okay, so this is kind of a very, very unique problem. I think just me in the world has had this. Um, I did three days on a behind-the-scenes documentary for Lucasfilm where I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And I assume that means before the film comes out and I'm not going to get in trouble now. Hopefully not. Hopefully. Right, well, basically, um, I was in a room with someone very high up on Lucasfilm um, talking about the upcoming Episode 7. Um, I assume everyone who's seen Episode 7 or wants to see it has seen it already. So if you don't, you know, skip forward a, a minute or something. Don't listen because I'm going to give it a spoiler. Walk away. out the room. Yeah. Well, basically, the, um, the woman just flat out very unceremoniously mentioned Han Solo dying in the next upcoming film. And I'm like, sorry, what? Would you, what? Why have you told me this? I didn't need to know that for what I was doing, mm. at least. I think everyone else in the crew had been on the film Star Wars 7, Episode 7, so they all knew. 
they're only just me in the background with it's like red face so hang on why have I, and it's like yeah you're getting paid for today you're signing on disclosure agreement so i couldn't even tell anyone that i knew he was going to die for about three months or something and i'm quite a big star wars fan yes horrible horror like yeah well i've been paid so what are you arguing about it's like well did you have to spoil one of the biggest films ever for no no it's not no amount of money's worth that i would if i'd have known the story before uh so if i'd known what's going to happen i wouldn't have taken that job but that's yeah that's the kind of thing, the problems you get working in the film industry. It's, uh, yeah. when, who did you watch it with when you went to it, finally? Uh, my girlfriend. Did you, did you sit there knowing? Like, yeah. how, what was it like? Or did you pretend? You go, oh, my God. No, oh, yeah. my God, oh, this no, is brand new information. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I told her I know a spoiler, but I, I can't tell anyone. And also, it's the thing is, I, I, you know, I could have told my girlfriend, I suppose, but I wouldn't want to because I'm not a horrible person. No, I'm like... Not. People work at Lucasfilm with no regard to their <laughs> fans, even if they're working on them. They're still fans, you know. Like, yeah, the uh, the prequel, sure, that's that's forgiven now. But I'm not forgiven the spoiler of uh, Han Solo. Um, and uh, <laughs> the blueberry story. Oh, the blueberry. Right, okay. Um, when I was about sixteen, I was working in a supermarket, and this was on Christmas Eve. A woman runs in frantically just before about to shut. Where, where are your blueberries? Where are your blueberries? My, like, oh, um, we haven't got any blueberries. I'm like, what? That's great. You've ruined Christmas. <laughs> I'm 16 years old. I don't need that sort of thing, that knowledge. And it's, what, what's she making with blueberries? It's meant to be cranberries for Christmas, isn't it? So, yeah, I didn't need that. And I think I've never really gotten over that. Fred, <laughs> is, have you done a peculiar job like that? Uh, well, I used to work at a supermarket as well. Um, quite a posh one. When I first started there, I was like porter, which is like get the trolleys, and um, basically dog's body for all the checkout people. Mm. And I was 16, uh, same age. And I remember I used to, I like would clean the tills and replenish the bags and stuff. And one day I, I wasn't feeling very great in myself. I had a bit of a kind of um, a sensitive tummy that day, you know. And this woman was at the checkout with her baby and the baby was sick all over the entire i mean it was just vast on the floor and immediately the um the line manager calls me to clear it up and i couldn't i was like like literally i'm 16 years old you know i, I don't i don't do washing i don't i don't do cleaning seriously and they i had to clear that up and that was the worst day ever where was he, he was sick she sick all over the floor and and the baby itself yeah. but the awful part is that mum did the mum didn't like say oh thank you you know or sorry even but yeah that was the worst you know that i mean every time i do a gig i go well at least I'm is that one that. have you got that in your mantra have you written somewhere <laughs> thinking think about baby sick yeah at least you know <laughs> any you know i think this is a bad gig hey at least i'm not cleaning up baby sick the gateway to your community miskin radio Hello, Kieran here. Thank you for downloading. If you get your podcast on iTunes, don't forget to click the subscribe button so you get a free podcast delivered to you every Thursday of our best bits from that week's show. And also, on iTunes, do leave a review as well. We love those. And on Facebook, there's loads of video content you can watch as well. Just search the Kieran Paul Sessions. Bye-bye.